Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. Making sure that you have exact, clear expectations of what they're going to do when they need to do it by. Have them, you know, prove to you and show you that they're, they really can do what they're saying they can do before you just hire them and make sure you check references. Do not go based upon a recommendation from some kind of a website. When you say, who's the best funnel builder? And all of a sudden they just start mentioning all these people. Many times people will mention people because people mention them, not because they've ever used them. Many times people that are brand new in an industry will we'll work for one person and do a good job. And before you know it, they're the best funnel builder in the world. Or I'm just using that as an example. When they've only built like a couple of funnels, right? So get references, get talk to people, spend the time up front so that you can save so much time later. Quite frankly, I'm, I'm too trusting. So one of my problems was just expecting that everyone was going to work as hard as I do and love the company as much as I do and want to do everything that I do. It's not the case when it's your own company. It, it You do, but no one else does. So just protect yourself in that way. Do I say, am I being negative? I hope I'm not. <laughs> no, you're you're killing it right now. I'm like, God, I'm so, I'm being too negative. But I'm just, you know, these are lessons I've learned over the past two and a half, two years and eight months of being in the coaching and looking back, like there's some mistakes I would not, re- I wouldn't do over, right? I, I would, I would maybe even grow a little bit more slowly and more controlled, mm. right? More slowly and more controlled because that massive growth, it wasn't as controlled, which now we've had to kind of pick up the pieces and it's almost harder because then I've got this whole staff and all these things to kind of do. So controlled growth is good. Whereas I think at first I was like, let's just go kill the world and I want to take over everything and let me hire this person, help me get there faster and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, not a good idea. <laughs> got it. I love how vulnerable you're being. I, I really appreciate that because a lot of people come on and they they talk about all the numbers and the great things, but you're talking about months where you, you probably lost money and months where oh, you had to fire people or money. all kinds of yeah, all those things have happened. I had to fire people. I just recently had two of my best people that were like my human resources director and my marketing specialist went into business together, opening up a competing business to mine, like teaching coaches and professionals how to digital market. Like everything you can imagine happens, right? I've been a bad manager at times and I've been a great manager at times. I mean, it's like you're, it's a business that if you're going into a new business venture, you're going to make mistakes. Hire somebody that can help you navigate the successes and stay away from the pitfalls that they've done and just don't give up. But the best guess, the best advice I can give is don't give up because, you know, if you don't quit, like, you know, we're doing great, right? I mean, we really, really are. We've, we had months where we were 40%, 45% profit, you know, and we had months where we were 30% negative <laughs> and it all balances out until you get to the point where you're really figuring out how to do it. Mm, I love that. So what do you think is like the future of the coaching and the consulting business? I th- I mean, I, I feel like we've gone from uh, $1,000 courses to high ticket monthly coaching to masterminds. And there's like this new thing of super low ticket products with a large audience. Where do you sort of see everything going in that coaching and consulting sphere? I think it all works. It's just a matter of like, you know, 
one of the guys in my inner circle, Ray Higdon, he's got like 45,000 people in his Facebook group. And all he pretty much does is the Facebook group has written a couple of books and the, and he charges like 19 bucks a month. I mean, do the math. The guy's crushing it, right? And the amount of work is very different because he's not having to have this huge staff to do all these courses and all these things. So it's just find what you like doing and do it well, right? And and understand that not everything works the way it would. Great example. It, like I told you, $389,000 in uh, July, $35,000 in August. Same funnels. Same challenge, it's fatigued now. There's ad fatigue going on. The challenge is like, it's been around too much. Now we have to completely redo it. Right now we're making that 30-day challenge into a seven-day challenge. And we're changing the name, we're changing the hook, and we're doing all these things. We're also changing the way we're gonna be we're going to be offering it before it was, I would do, I would just, I just had high ticket coaching applications. People I'd run Facebook ads to a high ticket coaching application. They get on a call with my sales team. We'd close them into a 10, 15 or $20,000 program. Then it went to that stopped working as well. Then it went to let's do a challenge from the challenge. We got them on a call with one of our sales associates, right? That worked really, really well for a while. Now that stopped working. So now we're going to be doing a challenge that's shorter selling a $997 product getting them onto a two-day summit, and then selling them into high-ticket coaching from there. One thing might work for you, right? But it might not always work. So you have to be willing to adapt and adjust and change as things change. You know, and and I think for us, that's something we're really, really good at is is changing and adapting. And sometimes you feel like, God, what the hell, right? But eventually it'll work, but then it won't. So you have to be willing to adapt and adjust and it might always work right but in most cases things kind of start to sort of play out and you need new hooks and new you need to adjust so just make sure that you're adjusting so there's there honestly chase there's no i don't believe any kind of magic answer right challenges work for some people facebook groups work for some people webinars work for some people podcasts work for some people i i do them all right and and um some work better than others and we adjust and sort of put our focus on depending on which one is working at the right time Got it. I love that. So the next segment of the show is is some more general questions that I just I'm really curious to hear from your perspective what your answers are. So we'll go ahead and get into that right now. The first one is at what moment in your life did it sort of click for you? Oh gosh. I don't think it's ever clicked. You know, honestly. I mean, that might be a kind of a weird answer, but for me, I'm always trying to grow and learn and be the best that I can be. I'm never satisfied. Like I'm never satisfied. I don't even have to work right now if I really didn't want to, right? I could, I could quit. I could quit working and retire and make plenty of money and be happy. But for me, oh, okay, I'm lying. They did click. What clicked for me is taking it to that next level as far as contribution, right? So for me, I've done so well in my business, right? Both in real estate and digital marketing and coaching now that now it's to the point where I want to contribute and help other people get to that point. Do I want to make money doing it? Absolutely. Because then I can be more of a philanthropist and money can do great things for, for a lot of people. But I love helping people. It's just it's like, I realize that that's more important than the. Are you wanting a kickstart on your business and you want to learn how to be the go-to professional in your industry? Well, guess what? I've got a challenge for you. It's five days of coaching. It's brand new. Just go to kristamayshore.com slash client conversion. That's kristamayshore.com slash client conversion. And you'll get a training with me for five straight days. That's going to help kickstart you as the go-to professional in your industry. So sign up and I'll see you there. Current monetary value of what I'm making, right? Like I said, I made more money as a, as a real estate agent, but I wasn't as fulfilled. 
And you get to a point in your life where you're already so good at something, you've already mastered it. It's like, I've mastered it. You know, I sold 2,200 homes. Um, I've been doing it for 19 years. I've kind of got bored. Now it's a matter of seeing other people do so well. So I get super lit up when I see my students doing well and getting somebody to go from selling two houses to selling 87 in like two and a half years, or somebody from going to selling a hundred homes to selling 293, or getting a brand new agent to beat out top producing agents in their area. That to me is rewarding, right? Teaching people that never even barely even turned on their computer, how to dominate Facebook ads and, and gain confidence. That to me is very fulfilling. So it clicked, I guess, for me when and, and the growth that I've had over the past two and a half years has been just super substantial. So like I'm, when I'm coaching other people, I'm actually coaching myself too. So I've just really grown and kind of came, I'm 49, getting old, you know, so I've come into myself finally at 49. <laughs> well, you look great. Thank you. What lifestyle principles do you have? Um, people before things and the things will always come. So I absolutely believe in taking care of people and the things will come. I definitely work too much, but I, I really am working on on that. Partly for me, work is kind of a hobby. And so I'm trying to focus more on trying to stop and understand that, enjoy the process. It'll be there when I get back, you know, spending more time with my kids. My kids have been telling me lately, mom, you've been stopping work at five and you're, you know, you're not on your phone as much anymore. And that feels really good. Right. Uh, you know, of course my kids are 22 and, and 18. So it took me a while to, to get there, right? 21 and 18. But, you know, I, I love my family just like everyone else does. And I like spending time with them. And so now I'm kind of in the part area of my life where I'm getting ready to actually enjoy some of the money that I've created and and even though we have COVID, so it's kind of hard to do that. But my goal is to as soon as I can. Got it. You know, on that, before I ask the next question, I'm, I'm curious, and I don't ask this too often because unfortunately, not everybody that comes on the show is in as good a shape a, as you're in. And so what I mean, like physically. And so what I, what I want to ask you was, right, yeah, you're strong as shit, you know? I wanted to ask you, you know, running your real estate business, running your coaching consulting business. Now it sounds like you're about to launch a new type of coaching consulting for, for lead generation for, for these people. What do you do health-wise? Like, how do you find time for that? Have you figured out, you know, the most efficient way to, to stay in shape and stay healthy? Like, what's your philosophy around that? I love you asked that. So I'm doing a challenge right now called 75 Hard uh, through ha- Andy Priscilla. Shout out and, Andy Priscilla. Yeah, he's freaking awesome. And basically right now I'm on day and I haven't missed one day. So I'm on day 43. Basically, you have to work out twice a day. One of them has to be outside. They have to be for a minimum of 45 minutes twice a day, right? So I usually do one hour in the morning and anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour towards the end of the afternoon. Like when, as soon as I'm done with you, did I need to go do my second workout? I'm going to ride my bike for 45 minutes. Get to drink a gallon of water. I drink about a gallon and a half of water every day. Get to take a, take a progression picture every day. Read 10 pages of an actual book and be on no alcohol no alcohol, and be on some type of a diet. So my diet is not a diet. It's just eating healthy, for example. So, and I find time, like I'm getting just as much done as I got done before. I am tired. I will have to admit, like I'm, I find myself being a little bit tired lately because I am working out twice a day and, but I'm in like the best shape right now. I'm in awesome shape. I've actually gained weight during the challenge, believe it or not. And it's because I'm gaining muscle not, you know, muscle weighs more than fat, obviously. And it, it's not easy. Like, it's not easy to, you know, know that I have to go out right there in hundred degrees right now and, and ride my bike for 45 minutes. And then I've got to go meet my girlfriends for drinks tonight, which I can't drink because I'm on this, this thing, right. And come home and do my makeup for the second time, but I've committed to doing it. And what I found is, is that I'm a really pretty, like, if I put my mind to something, I can do anything, but I, as far as business, like, I'm just like kind of a machine when it comes that way. Like someone says, do it. And I go, but when it comes to like 
my eating or drinking, like I was finding myself drinking every night and eating too much and, you know, going for the Twinkies or whatever else it might be because I put on 10 pounds because of COVID, right? And doing this challenge, it made me realize that I can really do anything I put my mind to mm. because I was the kind of person where I can't diet. Like I'm, I want to eat what I want to eat and I want to eat as much as I want of it, right? Like dieting is not my thing. This challenge has made me realize that I can do anything I put my mind to, even the things I thought I never could, which was that, right? Like drinking the gallon of water, two time, two workouts, you know, eating healthy. It's a lot, but I've done it and I haven't missed one day. If you miss one thing on any of the days, you got to start over. So my commitment to myself was I am not starting over and I won't because then I, you know, got to start over from day one. And I want to finish this thing. And plus I told the world I was doing it. So it's all a matter, matter of making time for things and just doing it and committing to it, changing your lifestyle a little bit, saying no to things that you should say no to, not letting other people's crises become your crisis, saying yes to yourself more. All those things add up, sticking to a schedule, utilizing the Pomodoro technique. If you don't know what that is, go look it up. It'll save you 16 hours a week. It's one of those things I teach my students and it saves them massive amounts of time. So Pomodoro technique. That right there, just by incorporating that one tactic into my week, saves me 16 hours a week, which gives me plenty of time to do everything that I want to do. So listen, everyone, life isn't easy. It's not easy to be a badass. It's not easy to be great. But right now, in order to really stand out, you've got to be great. And the only way to be great is to be committed to yourself and to not let the crises of life, everyone has problems. We all have husbands and wives and partners and kids and COVID and health. And I can keep on naming every excuse that you have. My dog, like I told you, she had surgery. You know, she's she has a scar on her back this big. She's only 20 pounds, right? She can't walk. I, she's like a kid. I'm still doing what I promised I would do. It's called doing it. And it's I'm not special. I mean, I was the foster home, I told you guys. I was a group home kid. It's about just doing it. <laughs> Saying you're going to do it and do it. Too many people don't do that anymore. They let every excuse get in the book, and that's why they're not successful, and that's why they don't succeed, period. Beautiful. Damn, just dropped a bunch of bombs. All right, so the next segment of the show is the fan questions segment. And so let's go ahead and roll into that. Fan questions. All right, so fan questions. We have four of them for you today, Krista. And these are questions where listeners of the podcast, they're interested in a certain topic and they want to go ahead and ask questions. So it's a little Q&A style. So Miles from Twitter, at Miles Longstreth asks... Do videos, pictures, or carousels work best for your ad creatives? Okay, so that's a great question, but it always depends. It depends upon what your objective is. So anytime anybody ever asks me anything about ads, timing, I say, well, who's your audience? What's your objective? And what's your outcome, right? And what's their objective, okay? Who's your audience? What are you going after? What do you want to happen at the end? And what do they want to happen? All of that makes a huge difference. And what phase of the funnel are you in? Or what phase of the interaction are you in? Do they, are they just getting to know you? Are they ready to make a decision? Are they comparing and contrasting? Are they just kind of browsing? Do they not even know they even want you, right? All of that makes a huge difference. So if you're in the beginning of the funnel, getting to know people, the idea is just to utilize as much video as possible, utilize the reach objective, get yourself in front of as many people as possible, then start creating your audiences after that. Once you've done the reach objective, you've got, you know, anywhere from 30,000 to 150,000 impressions and you're reaching that many people reach, I should say, then you can start going to video views, going after people that like to watch video views. Again, during this phase, you're just giving value, value, value. And then after people have, you've done a lot of reach, 
a lot of video views. They know your brand. They know your messaging. They trust you. Then you can start utilizing like the conversion objective, right? Now, if you're going after testimonials, using a carousel ad is really, really good. It depends upon what your, like I said, what your objective is and what you're trying to accomplish. Was that a good enough answer? Yep. Perfect. S. Dot from Twitter at S. Dot Investor. If she was a brand new agent tomorrow, knowing everything she knows, but with zero network, what would be her process and spend and hours and daily actions? Okay. So video, video, video. You know that song? Video killed the radio star. It's so true. Okay? <laughs> we got to do video because video gets people to know who you are. And you can be a brand new agent with no experience, no sphere of influence and start creating video content based upon your niche and start being seen as the authority figure in your space. You then take that video, you do what I call video repurposing. You take the video, you put it on your website, you get that video transcribed, you put the transcription on your website, you run an ad behind the video, you take that transcription, you add some emojis to it, you do a long form face post on your business page, on your personal page, you run an ad behind that long form post. You put that video on Facebook. You put, you put portions of the video on to Snapchat, right? You put it on uh, YouTube. It goes everywhere. And now you start getting search engine optimization from your website and through YouTube. All right. Um, you start running ads behind content that is engaging that people are interested in. You want to spend at least, you know, a hundred dollars on an ad over a week's time frame right? If you don't, and, and that's in a local area, if you're going nationally, if you're spending $100, no one's going to see you, right? If you're going locally and you spend $100 over a week's time, you're going to have more people see you locally. If you take an area that's, you know, uh, let's just say a five hour radius, right? And you're trying to spend $100, no one is going to see you. If you take that radius of 30 miles or 15 miles and you spend $100, you're going to be being seen over and over again. So you want to, you want to start deep, and then you want to go like you want to go deep first and then wide. So really, really want to make massive impact on a local level to be seen as often as possible, as much as possible to gain that brand recognition and to gain familiarity and to get your digital footprint. You know, to, you want to really, really vastly get a strong digital footprint. And then you want to keep adding to that local digital footprint. And then you can kind of go a little bit wider as time goes on. So Another great example to do is to figure out like what you want to niche in. What's your niche? What do you want to specialize in? Create massive amounts of content regarding that niche. Become the digital uh, category queen and category king of that niche. Every time anyone searches that niche, they should be thinking about you. You can do that with a city, with a zip code, with a subdivision, with the property style, with the downsizing, upsizing, working with seniors, first-time buyers, FHA buyers. I can go on and on and on. Be the master of that niche right? Create content around that niche and do the video repurposing. Like I said, so you start showing up, spend about a hundred dollars an ad over a week's time frame. You want to at least create two to three videos a week, every single week, run ads behind those videos and you'll get a very quick digital footprint. Love it. Clark Sagabo at Clark Sagabo on Twitter. Any tips for someone who's a relatively new agent with no deals under their belt for making content? I understand making content is valuable, but it doesn't feel right advising people when I know I have no real experience to back it up. Okay, so I just kind of answered that, but here's what you do. Okay, what was his name again? Clark. Clark. Anytime you can give information, have you read a good book? right? Talk about contracts, contingencies, go research everything you can about a specific neighborhood. Talk about the types of homes, prices of homes, schools nearby, school scores, walking parks, locations, restaurants, fun things to do, kid activities, right? Just in that one neighborhood, become the expert in that neighborhood. You're not being fake. You're just, 
You're a reporter. You're reporting information. Go walk through different types of homes that are vacant. Talk about price ranges. Go show price ranges of homes in certain areas. You don't have to be have experience to do that. And you can easily become thought of as an experienced agent based upon you're the one giving them the information. Are you wanting a kickstart on your business and you want to learn how to be the go-to professional in your industry? Well, guess what? I've got a challenge for you. It's five days of coaching. It's brand new. Just go to kristamayshore.com slash client conversion. That's kristamayshore.com slash client conversion. And you'll get a training with me for five straight days. That's going to help kickstart you as the go-to professional in your industry. So sign up and I'll see you there. I love that. And, and Clark, for me, I sold $25 million of real estate my first two years as an agent. And the thing besides cold calling and open houses that helped the most is every single day I did video content for deal of the day. And I made my niche investment properties, rentals, fix and flips, things like that. And so every single day I'd go on the MLS and I would do a video walkthrough of the deal of the day. And then I would break down that deal to show you know, your entry price, your exit price, your rehab costs, all that. And I got a ton of investor clients that way. A lot of them was their first time doing investments. So I love what Chris was talking about. A couple standard prospecting techniques combined with a niche video content element, in my opinion, and I'm sure Krista would agree is, is the way to success. So such a good advice. So uh, wizard from Twitter at SW Gorilla, which marketing strategy really elevated her game to becoming top 1%? I feel like I know what the answer is going to be. Video. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And one more thing. So basically, you have to be willing to do what no one else is doing, right? So, for example, when I first started and I would get listings, I would advertise my listings on TV. I spent money to make more money. While everybody else was doing black and white fires, I was doing four page color brochures. I was putting little CDs on my property signs with 80 pictures of the house on the CD before they had, you know, the internet. I was doing things that nobody else was doing, right? And then I started doing video about eight years ago and I marketed every property as if it was a, a million dollar property. I got called the foreclosure queen once. So when REOs and short sales were, um, were doing well, I traveled the country, picked up about 13 different banks, asset management companies. I worked for HUD, Wells Fargo, NRBO. I can name, you know, Wachovia, a lot of different banks. And I sold their short sales and REOs for several years and I crushed it. Well, the market got better and my business went from, you know, 160, 170 homes down to 12. And I lost a listing once and I called and said, why didn't you hire me? And they said, well, you're the foreclosure queen. And I was like, oh my God, I am the foreclosure queen. So I rebranded myself to become like the digital marketing queen was what I was like. I'm going to learn to like market houses like nobody else has. So I went and started taking classes on digital marketing, on luxury homes. And I started doing full-blown drone photography, videography, like massively, you know, sending a stager to every house, offering, you know, staging consultations, going to home goods and spending, you know, $3,000 and putting knickknacks and tchotchkes in all of my different houses. And before you know it, I went from selling all short sales and foreclosures to back up over a hundred homes, selling all traditional homes because I rebranded myself and marketed myself and did something that nobody else was doing. Do what nobody else is. No one else in your community, I guarantee you, is creating video content on a regular basis regarding their community, regarding, you know, student of the week, business of the week, community event of the week, right? Niche of the week. No one's doing that. 
No one is doing that. I guarantee it. I've been, I'm the only agent in my area that does it. I've been doing it for eight years. I've been the top 1%. I wrote a book telling all my competitors exactly how to do it. You think anyone's doing it? No one's no. doing it. And when they try, they do it one or two times and they don't properly distribute it. So no one sees it anyways. And they quit. Okay. It's difficult. It's simple, but it's not easy. But not easy. There we go. It's simple, but it's not easy. It's simple to do. Start creating content. Go Google. Go Google stuff about your about your neighborhood, about your your city, and then start spitting it out. Become the reporter. That's simple, but it's not easy because number one, you don't get an immediate return on investment. Okay, you don't see it all right now, so you stop. And that's what everyone else does, except people like me and Chase. We keep grinding, and we keep going, and we keep going. And the next thing you know, Chase is on the top seventy-five. I've been doing my podcast exactly actually for one year this month. It's been one year, August, that I launched. We average over 20,000 downloads a month after one year of doing my podcast, Fired Up with Krista Mayshore. Again, when I first started, nobody listened. I had one person, then five, and then 10. Now we have over 20,000 downloads, right? So you just got to keep going. That's right. I love it. And we'll end on that. Krista, that was phenomenal. Thank you so much. Where can somebody find out more about you? You want to go ahead and drop your podcast, which by the way, I'm about to hop on that myself. Where can we find out more about you? So I, I offer a free challenge. Obviously, you can go to my podcast, Fired Up with Krista Mayshore. Fired Up with Krista Mayshore. We have over like 270 episodes on that. Chase is about to be on that right now. And I offer a free challenge. You can go to kristamayshore.com slash challenge. That's kristamayshore.com slash challenge. It's a free challenge. You coach with me live. You get access to trainings. The average person picks up two new clients. People have picked up as many as six during that challenge. We teach you how to utilize video, social media, and how to get out of your head so you can actually, you know, utilize uh, 21st century business practices to attract business. So that's Krista Mayshore, M-A-S-H-O-R-E.com slash challenge. And I'll see you there. Awesome. Thank you, Krista. Thanks for having me, your rock star.